You can't do successful magic without having the discipline to ground and visualize at the very least. Welcome to our podcast. It's a slow start this morning. It was so hard to get out of bed today. We got our first big snow this week here in upstate New York, and it is chilly, and things are happening in our personal lives. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I started a new day job. That's fun. Woo! I actually really like it so far. I've only been in for one day, so let's hope that doesn't change. Yeah. No, I'm super hyped for you. I think it's going to be a cool gig. Manifesting the same for you. It's going to be it's going to be good. I'm a big girl. Mm-hmm. I, I will do my affirmations in the right. car. Right. So today we're covering the chariot. Let's start the podcast with a chariot themed affirmation or two. I am moving forward. I am moving forward. <laughs> I am in the driver's seat of my own life. I am in the driver's seat of my own life. Do you believe it? Yeah. Do you feel it, Mr. Krabs? I don't know. My, <laughs> it's like right here. It's okay. like solar plexus anxiety. Because you need to embrace your power. <clears throat> yeah. Just just give us the biggest grunt. <laughs> She's strong. That actually felt really good. Yeah, see? <laughs> we're we're making things happen on the Arcane Dames podcast. Do you guys enjoy being along for the ride of our very deeply personal <laughs> shit? I think, honestly, that's why they're here. I hope so. That's the fun part for me. <laughs> is oversharing? Is it oversharing <laughs> or is it simply sharing and I just have a lot going on? That's fair. Let's reframe it. (laughs) Don't let anyone tell you you are too much. You are perfect the way you are. Today we're talking about the chariot, which is a major arcana. It is number eight. Mm, mm -mm. Seven. It's number seven of the major arcana. Roman numerals. Can be real tough to read sometimes. Honestly, that was one of the hardest parts about learning tarot, I think. Because I never learned Roman numerals, like, in school. No, me neither. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of counting. It is. <laughs> Which, if you're gay, like us, math does not come easy to you. I'm actually really good at math. Well. <laughs> Breaking down stereotypes every single day. Here on the <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um, good at math, bad at numbers. But, anywho... What do you usually think of when you see the chariot? Just like moving the fuck forward. The yeah. chariot to me is like, boom, it's happening. You're going. Like you're making the changes. You're on a roll. There is movement that can't be stopped now. Yeah. My upright versus reversed is just kind of reversed. It might be like the movement is desperately needed and there's some major block. And usually it's the person getting in their own way. Because mm. I also also associate you know major arcana with kind 
kind of these divinely chosen paths that are carved out for us. So if the chariot is reversed, it's like the person I'm reading for is preventing almost like their own fate in a way, which we've discussed before. Like I use the word fate lightly, but right. You know what I mean? Like, this person is denying the exact thing that they need to change. Right. What about you? For sure. Upright is quite similar for me. It speaks to, like, a lot of determination and motivation, especially with the chariot specifically. Yes, there's a lot of forward motion, but for me, the emphasis is usually on, like, forward motion through obstacles, there's a lot of like chaotic energy that comes with the chariot and so it's very much like you're pushing forward no matter what the fuck is in your path no matter what's going on you're just gonna eye on the prize go for it and in reverse though i definitely see it more as like losing control of the ship ah and like maybe even having that chariot mindset of I'm just gonna push forward through whatever obstacle is in my way but maybe this isn't a great time for you to be doing that interesting like maybe making that decision to just bulldoze your obstacles is not what you need right now (laughs) that's interesting um that's cool so yeah so we definitely have a different perspective on the reversal there which is cool yeah i'm open to that though you know like this is why we're doing the podcast not to argue or disagree but to expand our own viewpoints and make us better readers and make you guys better readers you know like i i would have never like perceived that on my own and yet i think it's completely relevant and could totally come up Yeah. All right. So that's a little bit about what we think off the bat. I'll read the rider weight definition, which has some interesting little keywords that I did look up in advance to give you guys a nice rounded out definition. So the chariot, succor, succor, which means assistance and support in hard times. Mm -hmm. Providence, which means godly or spiritual care and protection. Also, war, triumph, presumption, vengeance, trouble. Mm. Reversed, riot, quarrel, dispute, litigation, defeat. This brought up something like the litigation piece. I have seen people overtly associate the chariot with legal matters. Mm. I don't really read it that way, but... I've seen that association before. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't associate really any card with legal matters. Like, it's something I only talk about if people specifically ask about it, other than, like, maybe justice. Mm-hmm. I do associate some cards with legal matters in the sense of, like, several of the pentacles will be about, like, signing paperwork. I don't know, like, property right. or... um the legal side of marriage. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, like an overt legal association, not so much. Right. I just feel like there's so much more going on that's so much more prevalent with this card. Mm -hmm. The reverse definition, I guess, is a little bit relevant to yours in the sense that 
you see it as like a chaotic time. Right. Like riot, quarrel, dispute. Right. Or even defeat, like you're stepping out of the driver's seat. You don't want to be in charge. Right. And that makes sense to me in the sense that I feel like the chariot upright is definitely a card of like triumph or success, even like winning. So in reverse to have it be like defeat you know, the obstacles got the best of you, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I think what's interesting for the upright, though, is that it includes vengeance and trouble. I see that kind of makes sense to me, Mm -hmm. because it's almost like being motivated by issues, something in the past that you're like, I'm gonna prove them wrong. Okay, true. Yeah, true. True vengeance in like a positive light right yeah right as as the vehicle driving you forward right as the motivator which yeah i can totally see for the chariot because it, it, it's just such an aggressive card like True. it's almost like when you're taking such a active position there has to be a reason totally like nobody just comes out the gate with chariot energy true for no reason this is true and (laughs) and for that reason too i like that it says war but it immediately follows up with triumph right like like you are fighting yeah 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 yeah. um and then sukor and providence like you have it's like reassurance that you're on the right side of the battle right that makes sense especially in my research a lot of the interpretation of the symbolism in the rider Waite smith depiction talks about the actor in the chariot being divinely supported yeah you know oh i love that yeah we could dive right into that if you're ready hell yeah i mean there's like a lot going on with symbolism in the Rider Waite Smith image, there's the star, the eight pointed star on the man's forehead on his like hat crown. Yeah. And then there's also curtains behind him that are blue, like on the chariot itself with uh, six pointed stars. Mm-hmm. And then there's alchemical and astro- astrological symbols on his skirt. His little outfit. Mm -hmm. Like, not the armor, but, like, his bottoms. Um, (laughs) For that reason, there's a lot of him being divinely supported, him being connected to the right path, especially with all the stars. Like, if you're thinking about the star card in the tarot, it talks about very much, like, being aligned with faith in your path. I see that for him as well. To make a connection, when we covered the Nine of Swords, the bedspread Mm. had similar symbols. Yes. and, And we associated it with that, like, divine protection right and comfort i love that and then i'm sure you're gonna bring up the black and the white sphinxes oh that's the best part of this car yeah high priestess energy with yeah the black and the white yeah when talks about that in holistic tarot mm-hmm. that association with the high priestess it's funny because it's the black and the white sphinx and rider weight smith in my first tarot deck that i ever had which is the tattoo tarot ink and intuition it has horses instead of the sphinxes. I actually do not have a single deck that has the sphinx Mm. on them. And Mel primarily has decks that have the sphinxes on them. Four out of my five depictions have horses, and then one of them just strays completely. And so I'm used to seeing it as the black and white horses. But either way, it's getting at this idea of duality, opposition, opposing forces, 
and kind of the man in the chariot car. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, the the driver? The driver of the chariot? I would say the driver. Being able to kind of, like, command those opposing forces. One of my cards has horses. Mm -hmm. And I I must say, I like the sphinxes better (gasps) because... Yes! To me, it communicates more experience-driven wisdom greater Mm. knowledge Mm -hmm. and and being pulled forward by what you've already been through by your gut instinct by this core wisdom that you've gained versus the horses much like in the night cards are associated with this like sporadic spontaneous sometimes impulsive forward energy so i'd rather have the distinction there with the sphinxes because it separates the chariot from just being the major arcana's knight this sheds so much light for me onto our different interpretations and associations with this card because even just so i'm just gonna describe my tattoo tarot ink and intuition which it's a marseille it has a man in a chariot holding a staff which is very similar to the rider waite smith but very dissimilar to the rider waite smith it is two horses one black and one white they almost look like they're pulling the chariot in different directions the wheels of the chariot are almost like tilted in a little bit and then there's like cloud imagery so like clouds of dust Mm. forming around him his clothing is like flying behind him it really gives you that imagery of charging forward versus the rider weight smith that almost looks stagnant i mean the sphinxes are laying down i know so there's just this Wild contrast there for me. And this is the deck that I learned on. So when I see the chariot, I see somebody charging forward, even though the external circumstances, nothing's really lining up for them. A lot of times it feels like somebody's in a situation where everything feels wrong and it's like, just close your eyes and keep running Mm. because it's not going to make sense, but you can do it is what I get a lot. And I've never, I've never gotten that association of being led by wisdom or anything grounded with the chariot. It's always felt very chaotic to me. So I think that that's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's something I never even like thought about until we started this podcast is the differences that one would have when they're learning without a rider weight. Yeah. And like even your one with the horses is still so chill. Yeah, absolutely. The horses are just trotting. They're not charging But then at all. look at my crystal visions. Yeah. It's super chaotic too. It is. It's like the universe was like, no, you're going to see the chariot as a chaotic card. Yep. All of your decks line up more to that and all of mine. Well, yeah, all of mine are more chill. That's crazy. Like, I have this, the Sensual Wicca Tarot, but I don't use that one very often. And then even, like, the Wild Unknown, his hair is, like, blowing in the wind. It still has that, like, feeling of motion. Crazy. All mine are kind of still. So interesting. Mm -hmm. So I have eight 
decks in front of me here. Um, four of mine are basically just standard rider weight with the, you know, the one that has horses and then three of them have sphinxes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're all just figures in that horse-drawn carriage or the chariot itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, so my Tarot del Toro, Alyssa and I were commiserating about the looks of this man <laughs> i do not understand before the episode so i i went and found the guidebook because nice. i don't recognize him either oh okay so this is a um tarot deck that exists in guillermo del toro's cinematic universe okay this is from a movie i've never seen I so see. it makes sense okay so this is apparently the unforgettable hellboy 2 cart troll The character supports the idea that the Querent is on a journey propelled by his own power, as the crown and and banner testify, enhanced by discipline as shown by the arms tied to the wooden blocks. The character uses to push himself forward, and containing his passions, which is why he is wrapped in a sack, he triumphs over difficulties. Even the supreme difficulty of lacking legs does not prevent him from proceeding. Although horses are a common element of this card, we must not forget that decks as old as Mantegna and Giovanni Vachetta's do not include them. Hmm. I do not know those men, do you? No. Our coachman carries a bell to announce his presence and some horseshoes that will bring him luck. Interesting. So yeah, that's that's his deal. And then it says, inverted, he becomes the daredevil, one who advances without discipline or control. Mm. His energy is fiercely dispersed. He takes absurd risks and even causes dangerous accidents that involve himself and others. That's very similar to how I interpret the reverse. Yeah. Of the chariot. Super cool. If, like us, you have not seen Hellboy 2, this guy is chonky. He's red. He has no legs. He's just sitting in a cart. And he has lots of different horns on his head. He looks, like, angry, but also, like, I could see that that's just, like, determined. Right. And focused. Like, his arm is literally, like, both of his arms are literally, oh, are those supposed to be, like, crutches? Yeah. I see. I thought that he was, like taped to a pole or something. Yeah, but I, I think that that makes would sense. Them as crutches, yeah. Interesting. Yep. So it's definitely like overcoming obstacle vibes. Yeah. I'm also I think it's really interesting that the crescent moon is repeated from the Rider Waite Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stars are in the sky. Yeah. There is no like curtain. Right. There's no like overhead. That's yeah. That's interesting. And the the horseshoes bringing in the luck and protection. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool imagery. What with his physical condition and all, it really shows more of that association of persisting through adversity. No matter what the circumstances, you're fucking going. Yeah. Which, you know, has been most of my life. (laughs) So that's relatable. Yeah, that's wild because most of the cards and this deck for you i feel like usually line up pretty well with my marseille but this this is so different i know it's interesting that to me that a marseille deck is based on movies yeah that's interesting to me because it does give it opportunity to stray yeah from but it's interesting that they said that there are older versions of the tarot which i 
don't know, but I believe. Of course, yeah. <laughs> that didn't have the horses depicted. Super cool. We'll have to look those up. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's Tarot del Toro. I'm not sure what's going on in the Aquarian Tarot. Literally, what is that? It looks like this huge man with like a hole in his stomach, like a tunnel. Mm. Is that how you're seeing it? I feel like there's something in front of him. Oh. But but the thing in front of him is a tunnel, so I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> I really have no idea where that guidebook is, sadly. Maybe I could Google it. It's it's a very confusing image. It's optical illusion-y. Yeah. Okay, great. So I cannot find the guidebook online. But to me, it looks like a tunnel. To me, that would represent like light at the end of the tunnel type of energy pushing through no matter what. And it's one of the only depictions where the chariot driver man has a sword instead of just like a staff or nothing at all. Right. So he's also like ready to fight, ready to defend. I hate this card. Yeah, like (laughs) I just have to be honest about that. And you know what's crazy too? If it didn't say that it was the chariot, I would have no idea because I would not associate this image with the chariot. Absolutely not. Yeah, so I'm not a huge fan of that one and that's really surprising because normally the Aquarian tarot is really like similar to Rider Waite. Interesting. Murder of Crows. It's also like very Rider Waite. It's crows instead of sphinxes or horses. But, you know, my man is in a cart. The moon is over him. The star is over him. It's just a little bit, you know, zoomed out. We see more of the of the spooky setting he's in. It's like journeying by night. So that also gives me an association of like the need to flee. Yeah. The need to, you know, take that opportunity, however it presents itself to you. Other than that, it's pretty standard, but it is a beautiful card. I really love that deck. It's interesting that it's led by crows and they didn't change the color of either of them at all. So it doesn't have that black and white that's so classic to the chariot. I know. It is interesting. But yeah, that, I mean, that deck is so dark. Yeah. I mean, like, also it wouldn't be a crow if it wasn't black. I I guess maybe that's (laughs) why, but I did have the same thought for sure. Yeah. Lastly, I have the Halloween tarot. The chariot is not a chariot. It is a hearse, which I love so fucking much. Isn't this great? I like it. So something super interesting. We still have the classic Sphinx depicted Mm -hmm. on like the wheel well of the car. Just one. Just one, yeah. The car does have a little black flag with a crown on it. So there's a black cat on every card in this deck, and normally he's in the corner looking on to the scene. In this card, he's riding in the hearse with the driver. Yeah. And the the little figure that's looking on is like one of the skulls on the fence point Mm. of the cemetery. And we see, like, the starry sky over it. So the star association is still there. The wings are, like, present on top of the hearse. So, like, you know, flying forward. Right. There is also this eyeball on the car. So that, to me, is, like, wisdom. Like, the all-seeing eye. Mm -hmm. And then what's interesting, too, is we can see the hilly, windy road that they just traveled out of the cemetery. So, again, they're traveling by night. There's a lot of difficulty behind them. Like, to me, that reminds me of the classic Rider Waite where, like, the kingdom is already behind him. Like, you've, you've already made it this far. Just keep going. Not much 
rich or differing imagery, but it's really cute. I like it a lot. I like that the cat looks like his little accomplice, yeah. like his little partner in crime. Yeah. Um, the cat is never in the forefront in these cards, yeah. so that's cool to me. And that, to me, is like the divine protection coming mm. in and playing a more active role. Yeah. It's right next to you instead of just overlooking you. That makes sense. Um, The concept that it's a hearse, I mean, other than it just being a Halloween deck and hearses are spooky, that to me really shows how the chariot can get you from one place to an entirely different one. Like, yeah, like a portal. Life and death. Yeah. yeah. Like, like a true transformation. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Those are all of mine. Awesome. Me. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've already ta- spoke spoken at length about my um, Tattoo Tarot Ink and Intuition and mentioned that my Crystal Visions Tarot is quite similar in the sense that it also has that very chaotic, fast-paced, kicking up dust, hair blowing in the wind, like, energy. Love it. For, like, different depictions, though. So I have the Wild Unknown Tarot. It's just one horse is, like, the main character of the card. It has a moon on its forehead and a sun shining behind it. So it does give that duality that the black and white horses usually embody in the card. It's also wearing a necklace with a star on it, which symbolizes, um, you know, a nod to the Rider Waite Smith stars that for Mel and I both symbolize divine protection. But then at the same time, it looks very much like a a pentacle or a pentagram, which in Wicca is a symbol of protection as well and symbolizes the five elements. So there's that association. The horse's hair is blowing in the wind. So it definitely feels like moving forward. So you you get all those elements of like moving forward through obstacles, duality, protection. Like it definitely feels very determined, but it's a very overall simple card. It is. Um, very, very simple. It's interesting to me that there's just a horse on it. I mean, I know that that deck is a lot of wildlife and and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but, like, stripping away the cart itself and just showing the horse, which we can imagine is galloping because of the mane blowing in the wind. Right. Really strips it down to that pure... Like, I, I wouldn't call it impulsive or spontaneous, but I also wouldn't call it, like, super informed or thought out. Right. It's more of a gut instinctual instinctive is is the vibe that i get for sure and then i have my intuitive night goddess tarot where Lindsay silverman reinterprets many of the major arcana so instead of the chariot the card is titled freedom Mm. which i think is really cool and really fitting um i often find that her and her reimaginations, her reinterpretations of the cards give a lot more empowerment to the card than the original title does. So I see freedom as a very empowering take on the chariot where, yes, you're charging forward through obstacles and you're kind of tapping into that place of determination, but it 
comes from a place of you having a lot of control over the situation and really like taking the situation into your own hands, which I I think is really cool and I agree with. It has, so it depicts like a feminine figure wearing a blue dress with like gold accents and then she has like wings on her back. Like they look like butterfly wings and they're white and then on the top corner of each of the wings is a little crescent moon, which again, is a nod to the Rider Waite Smith because there are those crescent moon shoulder guards on the man depicted in that card, which in the Rider Waite Smith is supposed to be like a, a form of divination. Mm. I didn't write down what it was called, but it's like referencing divination, which is, is kind of cool. And then it's weird because it has like a bunch of animals at her feet, I guess, or like at her side. So there's a lion, there's an ostrich. And I'm like, is that an ostrich? <laughs> there's a cheetah. And then there's a maybe like a little baby goat or something. <laughs> Not me being bad at identifying animals. Um, same. It's like really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Who are these people? But yeah, so she's got this little like gaggle of animals. I've never really known how to interpret that. I associate that with the divine protection thing. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Like connected to nature. Mm-hmm. Like it's giving um Cinderella. Is Cinderella the one that all the animals No, you're follow thinking her? of Snow White. Well, Cinderella, the birds get her dressed in the morning and she talks to the mice, but Snow White is the one that sings and they all come to her, yeah. Excuse me for not knowing my Disney princesses. (laughs) Thank you. I, You know what? I thought Snow White at first and I was like, no, idiot. She doesn't have animals. She has dwarves. (laughs) She has both. Actually, she has both. Get you a girl who can do both. (laughs) Great. So yeah, <laughs> I I associate it with that. I associate the lion with the follow up card of strength. That's so true. That's the next card in the succession of the major arcana, but also what is necessary to blaze this path for sure. And I think that you know it's a cheetah representing speed Mm -hmm. a lion representing strength and determination an ostrich feels again like very determined and maybe like a little like chaotic scary yeah yeah (laughs) i I think if i saw an ostrich in person i'd be scared oh for sure do you know that girl on tiktok yes (laughs) yeah literally say no more yes yes i do if you're unfamiliar there is this woman on tiktok who has like a pet ostrich and it Every time she films, it, like, comes at her to attack her, and she has to, like, put her arm back and stop it, and if she doesn't, it would literally attack her, and it's so scary every time. I always expect it, and yet it always scares me. I know. It's bad. Um, She's so brave. Good for her. I know. Like, I love that for her, but not for me. Right. But yeah, so that's a that's a cool reimagination. And the butterfly wings are really giving freedom. Freedom. Truly. And transformation. Right? Yeah, right. And then last but not least, my well, maybe a little bit least, um, <laughs> my sensual Wicca tarot. The horses are way more chill in this one, and there's a woman and a man in the chariot, both, which I think is really interesting. So it's kind of like feels more balanced almost than the rest of the cards because it's two horses and two people versus the rest of the cards is like one person and then two animals or more. Which there is an association in 
the Rider Waite Smith imagery of like masculine and feminine with like the masculine person driving the chariot and then the feminine sphinx right. leading it. Right. But this just gives you like, yeah, full blown man, woman. The woman has one titty out. I love, I don't know why this deck does this, but I love it. And I always have to talk about it because I just feel like rarely is there a situation where you want one and not the other out. Correct. And we were talking about it. And <laughs> I said one titty in, one titty out, as in like one foot in, one foot out the door. And you know what? I stand by it. I stand by it. Enter a room titty first. And if you're unsure, you're leaving one out. That's that's it. You're you're in between two realms, putting so much thought into the titties. No, we're so good at what we do. I love Mel's interpretation. <laughs> For me, riding a horse and having one of your boobs out feels very vulnerable to me so chaotic yeah so many opportunities for things to go wrong i feel like there's this like partial vulnerability coming through which i'm actually gonna go ahead and tie into the fact that this card is associated with the sign of cancer holy shit right not what you would traditionally think for the chariot it's associated with cancer. If you're talking timing, cancer season, you know, cancer is represented by the crab in astrology, which is hard shell on the outside, soft on the inside. And I think the chariot very much gives this energy of you might be a really sensitive person, but you're you're wearing an armor and you're putting on a really strong front to just charge through any situation, which is cancer energy for sure. I know we always make fun of cancers for crying all the time, but the reality of the situation is like I've never met a cancer that wasn't on the defense if not offense all the time like yeah. always trying to protect themselves because they're so sensitive yeah and like sensitivity emotional sensitivity is so often associated with weakness but the reality is it's a sign of strength Especially sure. when you have to protect it all the time. For sure, for sure. So absolutely, and also I see, I get from the Cancer energy like transcendence, like that true like transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, m- like moving, moving, moving. For- one place to another for sure which is like yeah like the strong water energy right with the chariot which it's almost like it's like opening the floodgate flowing forward mm-hmm. waves crashing in right to shore in that sensual wicca tarot with the one titty out i almost feel that as like cancer energy of like being sensitive but also being protected mm-hmm. love that we had some fun imagery today like super interesting for sure so this is my um emo scene kid segment do you know the band The Chariot? No. So I grew up listening to The Chariot, which I always think of with this card because I just can't separate it in my silly little brain. In doing my research for this episode, I was like, well, let's see why The Chariot is named The Chariot for the band. Like, I was curious if it actually had to do with tarot or right. not. It doesn't have to do with tarot. It has to do with a biblical reference. Ooh. Yes. I screenshotted a part of the Chariot's interview with Indie Vision Music. The vocalist Josh gave his interpretation of why they named the band The Chariot. He says, where I got it from to even call the band with that name was the story of a chariot on fire who comes down to pick up a man and take him to heaven. The story of Elijah. 
It's a biblical story, whether you buy stock into that or not. It's about someone who is already in such another world that their body transitions to where their mind already is. I wasn't raised in the church or a Christian household, but the imagery really stuck with me from my childhood. When it came time to name the band, the name fell into place and I really liked it. That is really cool. I had no familiarity with that Bible story. I had no idea. But it really leans into the transcendence. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love the idea of, like, bringing physical reality to catch up with your intellectual or spiritual mindset and desires. And that also brings me back to, like, the high priestess association. Because it's like your inner intuition is there and undeniable. But how do you make your outer environment match up with it? Yes. And even with the traditional Rider Waite Smith depiction on his breastplate he has a square Mm. which represents building things in physical reality and like manifestation right so there is this very strong physical component to the chariot and I I do think that that association is always there of you having a very strong spiritual side but then having to like bring that into reality and on your wild unknown chariot card what if you interpreted the pentacle around his the horse's neck as like the suit of pentacles yeah like oh, like that's so true you know because there's so much about taking root stability yeah. finding a foundation oh that that makes so much sense yeah actually because that suit is all about physical world stuff right. material yeah so i think that's interesting too that's really cool and also that conversation does lead into something I really wanted to talk about today, which is the chariot's connection for me to practicing magic and spirituality in a bigger sense outside of reading tarot, Mm -hmm. which is also inevitably intertwined for me with therapy and mental health work. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Yes. The chariot for me, all in all, is so much just do it energy right and it's like i hate the term pull yourself up by your bootstraps but this would be like the non-conservative version of that for me (laughs) that is so true and i just want to add that like when in holistic tarot says that she associates it with the concept of willpower Mm -hmm. and i have a very complicated relationship with the idea of willpower yeah and using willpower to get through difficult situations continue yes so i i want to hear all about that i'm sure it's going to come up naturally in conversation so let's just roll with it but um will the concept of will and willpower is huge when you're learning magic and i just want to remind everybody that like although some of these ideals have been carried into wicca they also like very much existed long before that wicca is super new it was literally created in the 70s people the ancient way is not wicca it's what came before that that wicca incorporated into its own thing so Mm -hmm. let's just remember that just because it aligns with wicca doesn't mean it is inherently like wiccan basically will is seen as a foundation of magic when it comes to ritual ceremony and spell work because Working your will in the mundane on top of working your will magically is basically 
exactly how you manifest things. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a direct parallel to self-help, which is where we enter the world of therapy. I relate the two so closely. And again, I'm speaking to my own experience and I'm opening the conversation for people who may have experienced it differently. But for me, I can't practice magic if I'm not mentally well, which is tough. There are comforts and there are ideals that help me no matter what. But I'm I'm talking about actually like manifesting something, bringing it to life. Mm-hmm. I cannot sit at my altar and work a spell that will come true if I don't believe it's going to come true. And in order to believe it's going to come true, I have to believe in myself. In order to believe in myself, my self-esteem has to be good. Intention mm-hmm. is not everything. This is why learning the craft is not for everyone. This is why you're not a witch by declaring it you're a witch by doing it like catholicism you can be catholic and never set foot in the church technically yeah witchcraft is not like that it's not a religion it's it's a practice it's a way of being it's it's very much hands-on you can't do successful magic without having the discipline to ground and visualize at the very least. You need to get yourself so relaxed and so determined that you're in a state of trance and you are truly believing in your core that the thing you're trying to manifest is already yours. This is happening. I'm creating my reality. And if you're not in a good enough mental state to connect to that willpower, you're gonna have difficulty. And I I think the chariot represents that a lot and speaks to that a lot. At a certain point, you have mentors, you have books, you have knowledge, you have a support system, you have a therapist, you have meds, whatever you have around you. That is great. But if you don't truly want to help yourself and be driven, it's ultimately just not going to happen for you. You have to want to get better, which has not only been relevant to myself, but I've also like experienced that with other people in my life that I've wanted to desperately help. And they're happy to have me there. They're happy to have the support. They're doing X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, they don't believe that they're worthy of getting better or they're just simply not ready to exert the will. No matter if every outer circumstance is in place, which it isn't even in place in the chariot, but if it was, right, it's still not going to happen if the inner circumstance is not right. Yeah. That speaks deeply and has a ripple effect in who I am as a witch, in who I am as a person living with mental illness. That's why I love the chariot. And I think like it's a really just like prolific archetype for that reason. Yeah. And if you're struggling to find that willpower, work with this card. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of separating the card from your deck. Sleep with it under your pillow. Display it on your altar. Find a frame for it and put it on your nightstand. Like, work with this energy. And I really believe that you can channel tarot archetypes the same way people work with deities. Or crystals, for that matter. Yeah. So, that's my truth around 
how I believe willpower works. And that's what I would recommend you do if you're struggling. I love that. Yeah. I agree with so much of that. Mm -hmm. I think that you're gonna read Penzac and cream your pants. For me, and building on what I've learned from Penzac specifically when it comes to spellcasting and magic is Penzac's like a huge proponent of intention is not everything. (laughs) He talks a lot about will. Intention is like simply what you want. Literally. Homie, like we all want the same shit. I want to be a millionaire. I want love. I want to be pretty. Everybody has intention for great things. Will exists whether it's intentional or not. Mm. Will is what you're on autopilot Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. Will is your subconscious or the divine or some combination of the two pulling you through this life. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it is completely separate from your intention. Mm -hmm. Magic and witchcraft is taking the two and putting them together. Exactly. You just rounded out what I was trying to say so well. I wish you said it first. <laughs> no, I'm so happy because I feel like those thoughts work really well together. Yeah. <laughs> you have to touch the two to make them spark. Exactly. They can exist independently. The will can exist without the intention. Absolutely. Like you have a will. That's what's pulling you through life. It's yes. just, are you being intentional about it? Correct. And that right there is magic. If you can do that in your head, that's enough magic for me. Sly, same, same, same. If you don't sit down and link that to a candle, a crystal, an herb, a blend in your cauldron, I don't give a shit. Witchcraft is whatever the fuck gets you to align your intention with your will. Correct. Whatever the fuck. Correct. It's, it's. If you do it through dream work, go for it. You can do this in your sleep. If if that's your method, that's great. If you do it by taking walks, setting intention and taking a walk, if you, like, literally, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to look the way that you think it's going to look. And that's why I feel like I really struggle with the idea of calling myself a witch. And when people ask if I'm a witch... I don't know if I think that I am because on one hand, yes, like I think that witchcraft is simply being intentional about your life and aligning your intention with your will and doing things, whether it's a ritual or whatever it is to get those two things to line up. But at the same time, if being a witch is more traditional in the sense of working with herbs. I mean, not that I don't do those things right, but I don't always resonate with those things as deeply as I resonate with the more authentic and more organic things that I do naturally to align my intention with my will. But it's the fact that you're taking action around it at all for me. Yeah. Like, like I, you know, I'm not telling you to label yourself right. or something yeah, like I'm that. Yeah, I'm an Aquarius. Labeling myself is <laughs> is not horrible. It. In my opinion, just like I was saying prior to you, what makes you a witch is actually doing something and you're doing something not being at an altar or with the candles or with whatever the fuck we traditionally associate it with doesn't mean that you're doing less. It means that you're doing it differently. And people love to talk about the old way. So let's talk about the old way. Do you think that people always 
always had access to these type of materials? Of course not. So make no mistake, connecting the intention to the will is the doing something. Is the witchcraft. It, yeah. Right. Like have the intention and then making a spell jar without understanding that you need to bring your intention to your will is not going to do anything. Correct. If you're not assigning part of your intended action to each herb you're incorporating. Right. Or saying, okay, like, I've already done the work in my head when I finish this cup of tea. It's sealed. Right. Then there's no substance there. Exactly. And I do, I just feel like because of the nature of the internet and... Right. Learning about witchcraft on TikTok and like all of these things, a lot of people miss that piece yes. and they're and they're curious and they want to change their life and they want to do witchcraft and have it be successful and they want to believe in it and they want to like see something a powerful come from it and they want to find their own power and like all of these things but get stuck in this place where they're like wishing on a birthday candle and like why isn't this working yeah and that's the missing piece that's the fucking crux of it correct this is an example i like to use when i'm coaching right people will come to me and say they don't believe in magic because well if i'm manifesting a million dollars and i don't get it here's the thing you're not connecting intention with will because a million dollars is not possible for you unless I don't know you're out there gambling connecting to sugar daddies like whatever the fuck like how do you think a million dollars would be aligned with your will's path right or you would have to be so fucking deeply convinced to the point of delusion exactly which I do think is why is why witchcraft can be dangerous. That is where true delusion and spiritual psychosis comes in. You're you're trying so hard to bend your will to your intention that you're not grounding yourself. Right. It's not in the realm of possibility. Right. Like you're trying to place your will in a fantasy world when your will has to yeah. stay in the world you already and live in. And like I do think that the combination of intention and will can be powerful enough that it can transcend what we generally tend to think is possible. Absolutely. I think that's the crux of why witchcraft can be dangerous. I think that you're you're, you're dancing with the devil in that sense, like completely metaphorical. Please stay with me. We're not talking about the actual devil. This is why people tell you to start with small things because you're practicing bringing your will to meet your intention. So don't fucking start with a million dollars. If you really are successful in bringing your will up to the intention of a million dollars, you're going to be batshit tomorrow. You're going to harm yourself. Mm-hmm. So you need to start with small things and practice to work up to bigger things and don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. And it's, again, like the danger is in towing the line and people not, you know, one titty in, one titty out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> people not knowing where the line is or being, you know, too much on the deep end side yeah. of it. Um, there's so much nuance. There's so much. And again, this is where I say, really, you do have to be in a good mentally healthy place in order to practice witchcraft. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't say that to be exclusionary or say that when you're going through a bad mental health break that you're not a witch anymore. No, yeah. no, no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like you have to be mentally capable of discernment. Yes. When you're in a really difficult place, the witchcraft that you're doing is grounding and the witchcraft that you're doing is self-care. The witchcraft that you're doing is not manifestation. Correct. I'm using the blanket term like witchcraft, but what I mean is like, yeah, those yeah. those manifesting spells, what still makes you a witch is your ability to care for yourself. Whether it's, yeah, a extra meditation, a grounding ritual, fucking sleep, going on the walks, feeding yourself. Baths are huge for me. Mm -hmm. I am such a ritual bath person and that's what I resort to when I'm not doing well mentally. And that still is lining your aligning your will with your intention correct that's still magic you guys like it shouldn't go further than that yeah when you're not okay yeah i 100 percent agree yeah that's really helpful i'm so glad that you brought that up i think that that sheds a lot of light hopefully for you guys it does shed a lot of light on what the fuck witchcraft is i think it's so buzzy and nobody ever explains it to you i i I agree (laughs) and this is like something that's really important to me and i have so much experience in that i would just love to like teach further and maybe this is something we dive deeper into yeah so and what are your questions yeah what are your questions about witchcraft please i i want to help we want to help because i will say like I, i made the the casual comment like you can do it in your sleep that's actually how i do how i do most of my yeah like alignment i am big into dream work obviously i've already talked about that but i also will this is like again a really big topic but as Mel has said, you know, you want to get into a trance when you're doing witchcraft. So you're bringing your energy, bringing your brain waves down to be a, like a little bit slower. And that's how you're able to access your subconscious and really like, again, align your intention with your will. So for me, I have a really hard time doing that while I'm awake. Right. And I've tried. I've tried so many different times in so many different ways for a really long time. And it's still a goal of mine to be able to do that while I'm awake. Right. But right now, the quickest and most effective way for me to accomplish that is to set intention. This is very dangerous. I'm not telling you to do this. Light a candle and then go to sleep. (laughs) Fire safety, people. Fire safety. Alyssa. Don't yell at me. I'm going to yell at you. (laughs) You don't have to light a candle. You can sleep with a crystal. I love sleeping with crystals. You can write your intention and put it under your pillow. You can turn on a battery-powered candle. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I lived in a dorm for one semester, okay? How do you think I fucking did it? It's true. LED candles. It's true. Thank you. Maybe light a stick of incense. That's definitely less dangerous than a candle. I like having something burned down. It feels very representative to me. Yeah, I'm huge on candles. Yeah. (laughs) whatever cancel me i know it's dangerous i'm not telling you to do it but i have been so fucking successful with that method i know (laughs) so i know and like bro can we just talk about seven day candles because i (laughs) all right my fiance is much more scared of fire than i am i'm like babe before i met you like i would burn a candle from when i woke up to when i went to sleep that night living with her i've had to like adjust a little bit for her own sanity yeah so with that being said when i work seven day candles they do not stay on if i am asleep or not home Mm. and i really have like this is woo woo trigger warning woo woo (laughs) 
I really have had my magic interrupted by that. And really, it's not because of the fucking candle, guys. It's because my mind exactly focus exactly. of course but like damn do i just want it to burn for seven days straight i really mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. i really do 100 i really <laughs> i feel that so deeply and that's that's what witchcraft is right it's it's using your superstition and using your placebo, if you want to call it that. Like, right. I, I don't like boiling it down to that because it makes it sound like it's not powerful. It's so powerful. But it's using ritual and belief in whatever the fuck you're going to use to accomplish this goal. And it's magic. I know. It's fucking magic. You're so right. But, like, to explain it to a a skeptic, to explain it to somebody who is so adamant about not believing it, it is the fucking placebo effect. It is the fucking sugar pill. Like, the placebo effect is incredibly powerful. If you look at scientific research, you can watch people heal themselves with the placebo effect. Because it's fucking power of the mind it's so real it is your willpower meeting your intention exactly exactly and the placebo it gives you something to do every single day that can fit convinces you on a deep level that your intention and your will are about to meet like and it it lets you believe that your intention is possible, which is all that will is. When you believe your intention is possible, you act that way. And so that's why you hear these like completely out there spiritualists that I would not recommend putting stock into right. saying shit like all you have to do is believe that is very, very reductive and very, very dangerous. Like, sure, you can delude yourself. I really wouldn't recommend it. As somebody who's experienced psychosis, I really wouldn't fucking recommend it. And I catch myself sometimes because, you know, TikTok is a huge proponent here. You guys, this is modern media. This is what's propelling these things forward. A thing that's been popularized on TikTok, not on witch talk, just like in general, is like, be delusional. Be delusional. Like, living life, like, being delusional. And I I find myself joking about that sometimes. And you know what? Like, yeah, it's fucking funny. But like, I don't actually mean that and would never actually justify that and support that because I get what they're trying to say. Like, just believe you're the baddest bitch in the room and you will be. Ha ha. Like, I get it. Like, fake it till you make it. Right. There's an extent to which that's reasonable and productive. And then there's a a line that you can cross. Right. Okay. So let's let's roll with the million dollar example, right? Let's say I'm deluding myself into believing I'm going to get a million dollars by Friday. I'm in that delusion. The chariot energy is present in a bad way. Right. Because I'm now going to do whatever it takes to make that possible. Mm-hmm. I am going to find any force to scream at, to pray to, to, I don't even know, like give myself away to, to quote unquote make that happen. Right. What am I doing? Abandoning everything I once believed in. Yeah. For the sake of pursuing this goal. Right. And are you going to blow your entire savings on lottery tickets? Correct. Because you're like, yeah, I'm going to win a million dollars. The reality is at that point, your will, it's not there. It's just delusion. It's just your intention being like, I'm stronger than your will. 
that's not the same thing as bringing your will to your intention. Right. Your intention can't overpower your will. That's not how it works. It shouldn't. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't – it's not going to manifest anything that way. Correct. So – You should never feel like your intention is overriding your will. Your intention and your will working together yeah. is the goal. Yeah, absolutely. That makes me, like, want to talk about so much. <laughs> but, you know, kind of. I've been thinking – I like our, us doing our little solo episodes, but I would also always be down to do a bonus episode together because I do think that we're geniuses when we're together. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> we want recommendations because we don't, you know, this is for you, yeah. listeners. We don't want to talk about something you're completely not interested in. For so, like, sure. And Alyssa said this once, you know, if you want to research something and you're too lazy, give it to us. We'll do it. Yeah. We will literally do it. Heck Yeah. So, it's super fun for us. And yeah. we'll give you all our like weird opinions and stupid stories and Right. That's shit. what we're here for. At the same time. And you'll love it. And you'll learn from our mistakes, which yeah. is also what I love about the podcast. Super fun. Yeah. I'm really excited. I feel like today's episode and last week's episode were really fucking good. Let us know if you guys are enjoying it as much as we are. Love you guys so much. Alyssa needs to go. So we're bowing out. Sorry if it's an abrupt ending we need to pull next week's card okay fuck it the halloween tower is right here <laughs> you shuffle do it my deck you're shuffling let's find next week's eight of swords we haven't done that right? no we haven't yeah, i okay. love that yeah fun all right see you next week for the eight of swords message us leave a review share the podcast we love you guys so much have a phenomenal week see you next tuesday bye guys bye